Welcome back to Art Supply Insiders. My name is Jeff Morrow, and today we're talking to my good friend and business partner, Dave Lee. Uh, Dave and I ran a company called The Brush Guys for, what was it, Dave, about uh, 10 years or so? About 10 years, yeah. Yeah. And I think we sold it, oh, gosh, are we at the three-year mark now? It's a little over two years now. Well, a little over two years. So... Dave is with us on this new business venture that we have now. We're, uh, we're talking about art and craft supplies. And the reason we're doing this is that we had a lot of customers over the last 10 years ask us a lot of questions. And an awful lot of those questions were the same. So we thought it might be interesting if we had a conversation today just talking about what we we heard from customers. And the first one, the first question that I remember, Dave, is we had customers constantly asking us, why does, let's just use a filbert, for instance, why does a number six filbert differ in size from manufacturer to manufacturer? Well, Jeff, I wish I had a really good answer for that, but uh, I don't. Um, oh, the answer is great. that there is, there is no standards. Um, uh, every manufacturer is different. Um, I think there's a, been a little bit of effort to standardize things, like within a manufacturer sometimes. Yeah. But from one manufacturer to another, um, it's a crapshoot, and sometimes even within the same manufacturer. Uh, really? Now, do you think that's something that's ever going to change? Well, I've been in this business for a lot of years, and I don't see any movement uh, that way at all. So. Uh, probably not in my lifetime. Yeah, that's, <laughs> you know, we find customers, this is the most frustrating thing that they talk about is they've got a, a number six filbert and they go to a, a brick and mortar or a store like or Salt Lake the Brush Guys and they try to find the same one from a different manufacturer and everything indicates it's just not going to change. The, the only thing you can be sure of is within a certain brush line, a size 8 is going to be larger than a size 6, for example. You can count on that, but that's about all you can count on. Well, at least that's something, right? Yeah, I so guess. one of the other questions we get is there are, gosh, there's so many brushes out there, but some of them are long-handled and some of them are short-handled. What's, what, what's the difference? Well, this is pretty easy, really. Uh, generally, a rule of thumb is if you are an oil painter or an acrylic painter and you are standing at an easel, you generally want a long-handled brush. If you're a decorative painter and you're pitching, uh, I'm sorry, painting at um, sitting down at a table, or if you're a watercolorist, generally you want a short-handled brush. Um, mm. There's there are some exceptions to that, but not very many. It's a matter of personal preference, but that's that's the rule of thumb on that one. Yeah, I find uh, you know I'm I'm an oil painter and I've used um, long handled brushes mostly because I paint at an easel, but I find that the some of these short haired brushes, if I use like a, a maul, uh, a maul is a stick that you put on on your easel and you can rest your hand on it so that you don't get your hand in the paint. Um, I find some of those short handled brushes a lot easier to do some detail than than other people do. So there's a good example of it just being a matter of personal preference, whatever, whatever that's feels really, right. Yeah, I think that's what we found is what feels right for you and what helps you produce the best product. Um, you know, we're talking about brushes and short handles and long handles. 
the other one is that overwhelms people are all of the brush shapes. Are there just a standard amount of brush shapes or are there other things? No, there are. <laughs> there's probably a handful of basic brush shapes um, and a few more that um, are, are pretty standard. But then, then there's some that, you know, some manufacturers go crazy with some, yeah. with some shapes. And uh, But anyway, the, the basic, basic shapes are uh, probably four or five. And that would be a round, um, a flat, uh, which is just a square shape. Mm. Uh, brush and, and then a bright. Um, mm. Some people don't know what a bright is, but it's yeah. What's a bright? A bright is simply a short flat. It's uh, the same shape, but with uh, really. <laughs> but, uh, and uh, yeah, people seem to have trouble remembering that. As a matter of fact, I had a business partner once who had. <laughs> Are you looking at me right now? <laughs> As a matter of fact, I am. Yes. Well, why the heck don't they just call it a short flat? You'll have to take that up with somebody else. I, All right. Well, that I, makes too me, much I sense. Will. I probably will. <laughs> um, anyway, beyond the, the round, the flat, and the bright, a filbert is uh, uh, a rounded. It's a rounded flat, um, mm. very versatile brush. Um, I think you mentioned to me that you're a you. Uh, that was one of your favorite brushes in your painting. Yeah, you know, um, filberts I found uh, very useful when I was painting skies. Uh, it's it makes it real easy to be able to get those rounded clouds and to ah, do yeah. some blending and stuff. And and I also used it a lot uh, when I was doing uh, bushes and different types of trees. Um, so, you know, people find brushes uses in all sorts of ways. And, uh, like Cinnamon Cooney, one of our good friends, she's got some very odd brushes that she uses for skies. So I'm off the subject here, but tell us a little bit more about brush shapes. Okay. Uh, another popular brush would be an angle brush. Um, mm. Did you use or do you use angle brushes? You know, I'd never used angle brushes ah. too much. Um, I just got used to using the flats and and, yeah. and and other things, and I wasn't real good at angle brushes. Some people, some people love them, but it, it's uh, probably used the same way a flat or a bright is used. Yeah. But with the angle, you can maybe get into some tighter corners yep. and yep. Can curves and lines. And yep, I just wasn't um, courageous enough. <laughs> okay, I'm going to list a few other brushes here that are that are fairly common. Mm. That's a fan brush. Um, some people really really love their fan brushes, which is really a, a splayed flat, and it's used to uh, it's used for blending and to softening and to uh, paint fur and grasses things like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, then you've got the thin round brushes called liners or script liners or riggers. Mm. Uh, those are kind of used interchangeably. Um, so I would, I would th hate to interrupt you, but I would think that those kind of the brushes are the ones to use for really skinny lines or like if you're painting a, a ship, all of the rigging and stuff like that would be used with that kind yeah, of brush. Yeah, exactly. Okay, uh, a few other brushes that are fairly common would be a wash brush, um, generally for watercolor. It's very wide, um, holds a lot of water. Generally, they're one, two, three, or four inches used for mm -hmm. backgrounds. 
Mm. Um, uh, you know, uh, a lot of people use um, wash brushes for. Is, are we talking when you say a wash brush? Do you mean as a uh, like a mop, or do you mean like as just uh, painting large areas? Yeah, a mop is a little different. Uh, a lot uh, of I see. They're used the same, but a wash brush is generally a flat, uh, a flat uh, brush. Okay, usually gotcha. from one to four inches. Uh, gotcha. Then a mop is is a thick round version uh, really for the same the same purpose in, in a lot of cases yeah uh, mop brushes um, are really used for blending a lot right uh, they'll get their brush as clean as they can and as dry as they can and then they'll take that mop and where two or three colors are there and they want them to blend seamlessly they'll take that mop brush and just lightly blend it and it just becomes a beautiful uniform color. Okay, then there's also uh, just a couple other brushes here I want to mention. Um, there's a striper or a dagger striper, uh, which is a long angled hair uh, with a sharp point. Um, mm. it's, you can do very precise lines uh, and strokes. You can vary the pressure to get thick and thin. Um, is that the brush that, um, and I may be wrong there, but is that the brush that uh, people that do pinstriping on cars use? That's correct. It is, yes. No yes. kidding. Okay. Um, another brush that you may run into is um, called uh, a motler or a spalter. Um, that's, again, like a wash brush, generally uh, three to four inches wide. It's flat. Um, I think in the faux finishing world, they refer to that as a spalter. Um, oh. in other uses, it's a motler, but it's the same thing. Um, same shape, anyway. A wash brush is usually for watercolors. Motler, spalter might be for, for uh, other media. Oh, okay. Good. And then uh, the last one I really want to mention is the, the quill brushes. Uh, that is some very popular brushes. It's it's different than all other brushes in that it doesn't have a, a metal ferrule. Uh, mm. It's the, the head is tied to the handle with brass wires. Um, generally has an elongated mm. point. It's got a fat belly um, for, uh, for watercolor. Um, they're very popular brushes. Yeah, I remember we uh, we had a couple of teachers that just use that all the time, and I always think of quill brushes as the brush that those people that do painting the Chinese symbols is 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 that the same brush? Do you know? You stumped me. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. <laughs> I think I think it is, but and if it's not, it looks very very similar. Um, but I know a lot of watercolor teachers really love this brush. Oh, yeah. We used to sell a lot of uh, quill brushes when we yeah. were in that business. So. Couldn't keep it in stock uh, most of the time. And then uh, those are the basic brushes. There, there's some within each manufacturer. They, most of them have, uh, have made up their own name for some, from some strange shapes. Yeah, uh, and it won't, some, I won't bother to go through all those now, but because there's a lot of them. Well, there's some really weird ones, you know, things like fandangos and and uh, fountains and. There's a brush goodness. called the Hat Trick and uh, the Hat Trick. Yeah, I, uh, I found one today that I hadn't seen before. It was called uh, the Possibilities Brush. <laughs> the what? Not, the Possibilities, possibilities. Brush. 
And I'm not sure what that is used for, but maybe you can do anything you want. <laughs> Possibilities. That but was I a new the, one. I just saw that this morning. So I think the thing is, is that for our audience, there are a ton of brushes and brush shapes out there. And, and the key to this is pick it up. If you go to a brick and mortar store, uh, pick it up and play with the brush. If they have water there, dip it in the water and put it on some paper so you can see what the brush does. That's that's the biggest key. Don't don't go to a store and look at those brushes and, and the bristles are stiff. Well, that's a thing they call sizing. And they put the sizing in there so that the bristles don't move around when it's shipping. Pick the brush up, break that sizing out of it, and play with the brush, right? Good advice, yes. Yeah. Now... We've got all of these brush shapes. What are the kinds of hairs that they put into these different brushes? Okay, two basic uh, types. There's natural hair, which means it comes from an animal, and really? synthetic. And when, when the synthetic brushes first came out, I'm not sure when that was, in the 50s or 60s maybe, Yeah, they were pretty bad. It was... Uh, from what I understand, it was like trying to paint with fishing line. It wouldn't hold the paint. <laughs> yes. um, but in the uh, last 40 or 50 years, whatever that is, synthetic brushes have, have come a long way. There are some very, very good synthetic brushes. Really? Uh, they found out ways to, to make them um, on par, really, with, with uh, the best natural hair brushes. And they do that with by varying the diameter of brushes, or I'm sorry, of the, the filament within the brush. Mm. Um, and they found ways to taper the, the, the filaments. So they're much, much better than, than they used to be. Um, really? Then uh, turning to natural hair brushes, um, you've got uh, hog, hog bristle brushes, which are mainly used for oil painting. Um, they are uh, the best ones come from the Chongqing area of China, uh, oh. which apparently there's a, a breed of hog there that is the um, that has uh, um, for some reason the best the breast, bristles. I think it's because they have the longest flags. Um, flags? What the heck is a the flag? Flags is, is uh, it's a split ends really. Um, People you mean all, it, these brushes have split ends at the end of the brush? That's what makes a good oil painting brush. It holds the paint. No the, kidding. The, the flags make the, the paint adhere to the brush, and it makes it easier. Now, did uh, you say, now, did you say the, this, these bristles actually come from real hogs? Yes, they do. Really? Wow. I wonder how the hogs feel about that. <laughs> I know you couldn't answer that one. I, I know you. Yeah, I, I was trying to come up with something there. And yeah, I had a little hard time. But. What else do they have? Uh, okay, um, some other uh, synthetic brushes and the watercolor brushes, and also for oil is the Kalinsky sable brush. Kalinsky is the finest. Well, you said uh, this. What you said synthetic. You mean natural hair? Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say synthetic? I do yeah. mean natural hair. Uh, okay, gotcha. Kalinsky Sable is is really the finest watercolor brush out there, and it's also the finest oil painting brush out there. And it's from um, the, the Kalinsky, which is an animal, um, mostly in, in in Asia. And the Kalinsky over the past few years, the cost has really, really gone up. Mm. And I talked to a manufacturer recently who told me. 
um, that one of the reasons for that is that, you know, for years, the, the Kolinsky sables um, were sought after by the fur industry. And right. the, the brushes were, were secondary. Um, the fur industry has pretty much collapsed. And so they're not hunting, they're trapping the Kalinskis as they used to. And so a lot of the Kalinski hair is not even available at all anymore. And if it is, it's very expensive, uh, especially the, the longer, uh, the longer the, for the larger brushes. Um, mm. For instance, uh, I know the Windsor Newton Series 7 brushes, they, they used to make, I think they made a size 12, they made a size 14. I'm not sure if they did bigger than that or not but today the the largest you can get is a size 10 and it's just because they, wow. they can't get the long the long hair anymore now and aren't th- some of this aren't some of those brushes illegal now um yeah well kalinsky isn't but it's there's there's so many rules and regulations there it is tougher to bring it into the country but kalinsky by itself is not illegal but i believe mongoose is uh, oh, that's right. I rem- that's right. It's the yeah, mongoose, mongoose right. I believe, is illegal now. Although you still see some mongoose brushes, so I don't know if people are just flaunting that or if they're looking the other way. I really don't know. But I always kind of thought maybe those mongoose brushes were either synthetic or it just was another hair that they chose to use as the word mongoose. Maybe. There, there are some synthetic mongoose brushes out there now, but, but they're, they're labeled as such. So Okay. Um, okay. Okay, moving now, on from. Well, let me ask you one more question sure. on the on the Kalinsky. Uh, does it, it, is it true that it comes that the better brushes come as a mix between male and female? Or uh, yes, all one. As a matter of fact, oh. uh, the the finest Kalinsky hair is from the uh, from the male tail because it's longer, and I think I believe the the finest brushes. Uh, going back a few years, were 100% male tail Kalinsky. Mm. Then they started blending it, where it was 60% male tail and and 40% female. I'm not sure where that where that is now, but I know they're using less less male tail. Okay. Um, but Kalinsky wow. is still very very expensive. I I just looked up that series 10 uh, Windsor Newton series seven Windsor Newton size 10. Right. They list for three hundred and sixty-five dollars now. So. Oh goodness gracious! Okay, so, okay, yeah, they're, they're pretty expensive. Yep, not, um, not in my ballpark. No. Um, a step down from that would be just basic red sable brushes. Uh, it comes from various varieties of uh, of weasels, which is what a sable is. It's from the weasel family. Um, oh. The quality varies tremendously. You can get. Some pretty good quality sable brushes, and some that are not so good. So buyer beware on just basic sable brushes. Gotcha. Then you've got squirrel brushes, um, generally for watercolor. They're very soft. They're very absorbent, um, but they don't have the snap, or they don't hold the shape like mm. uh, like a synthetic or or like a Kalinsky would do. Um, you, you hear of pony hair brushes? That yeah. is strictly a a school grade brush, uh, very very inexpensive. It's really not shouldn't be used by anybody who's even halfway serious about about their art. Okay. Um, goat hair brushes, uh, those are very soft. They're generally used for blending. Um, 
Another one, I, I don't see this one as much anymore, but ox hair. Uh, hmm. It uh, comes from the ears of cattle or oxen. Um, it's a medium-grade brush. Uh, it's usually blended with other, uh, with other hair uh, and or, or other fibers. Uh, don't see that as much as we used to. Uh, then there's badger brushes or badger blenders. Um, they're used to blend oils. What um, makes them different, the, the hair is thick at the point and thin at the root, which is kind of opposite of most. And it oh. gives it a bushy appearance. And that's why it's used for, for blending. Mm-hmm. Um, just a couple more I want to mention. You hear people talk about uh, camel hair brushes. Camel hair means nothing. Uh, it's not from the camel. Um, really? Somebody told me years ago, you can think of it as sausage. It can be anything. <laughs> oh, really? Um, so you never know what it's going to be. Uh, but again, it's going to be, that's a low-end brush. Is that like the, about the cheapest you can get? Yeah, it is. Okay. It is. Um, and the, the last one I want to mention, another one that you don't see very much anymore, is uh, uh, Sabaline. And mm. for years, I thought sabaline was a synthetic because it just sounds <laughs> sounds synthetic to me. But yep. it's not. It's actually uh, dyed ox hair, uh, which is used to resemble sable. Um, again, I haven't seen that lately much. But that's that's a, a quick overview, I guess, of the various wow. brush fibers. Well, uh, thank you, Dave. That was a, uh, a a great overview of the types of questions that we got from from our customers, and I hope you uh, all uh, learned something from that. You've been listening to the Art Supply Insiders. Uh, check back with us often as we talk about the world of art and craft supplies. Now go out and create something. <laughs>